Will you pray with me? Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The scripture reading this morning is from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It can be found in the Sanctuary Bible on page 71 of the New Testament. Listen now for God's living word. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened but to what Martha he was, was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. There is need of only one thing. Mary has, uh, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, as am I apparently this morning. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and will, which will not be taken away from her. A reading for us all this morning. Thanks be to God. Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. There's a woman named Priya Parker. She gathers people for a living. She is a, a convener of groups. She facilitates conflict resolution. She gathers people around, she, around complicated social issues. She helps organizations and companies gather in meaningful ways so that they achieve positive outcomes there for their goals. There is a reason to gather, Priya Parker says. There is a reason to be together every time people come together. Whether a gathering is a high-stakes matter of conflict re resolution or it's simply having friends over for dinner... Every gathering, Parker says, has a purpose. But sometimes we don't plan for that purpose. And Parker argues that the purpose should always be in mind. Parker says this, Without examining why we gather, we quickly replicate old stale formats and forego the possibility of creating something memorable, even transformative. Successful gatherings create space for honest and authentic interactions between people. Purposeful gathering can connect us more deeply to one another, more deeply to ourselves, even if it is the simple act of having people over to one's house. So what is the purpose of gathering at Martha's house? Throughout the main arc of 
Luke's gospel, there are a variety of themes, but one major theme is that the disciples join Jesus on a journey to Jerusalem. Disciples follow Jesus in preparation to live their faith and to face life's challenges. Along the roads that he takes to Jerusalem gathers people to become disciples who will walk with him. And Martha's house is one stop along the way. Inside Martha's house, Jesus sits in Martha's living room and begins to teach. Martha gets to the tasks of being a host. She gets to the work of doing hospitality, the things that are expected of her. Now Mary, on the other hand, Mary, Martha's sister, who, who should be helping with some of these tasks, goes to sit at the feet of Jesus and listens to these stories that Jesus tells, these teachings that he offers. Martha puts her energy into the expectations that are on her for hospitality, and Mary, uh, she ignores the responsibility because she hopes for a chance to sit in the place where disciples sit. Every time Martha brings more food, every time she fills another cup, Every time she washes another dish, the tension, the tension builds and builds. The frustration that she is fulfilling her hospitality as a host and and her sister is not, is growing. Until finally, she confronts Mary. She confronts Mary through Jesus So Martha goes to Jesus with the problem. Lord, do you not care that my sister ignores her responsibility? She's leaving me to do all the work by myself. If you care, tell her to help me. And now Martha's cards are on the table. The tension's been broken. And in any setting, in any community, in any situation like this, there are norms, there are expectations, there are roles, there are responsibilities. And we, individuals or communities, are expected to fulfill those roles and obligations, those norms and expectations. But it seems that everybody at Martha's house is breaking the rules. One could try and and place blame, but no one's really coming off well here, it seems. And rather than stereotype, rather than try and pigeonhole people, especially the women, some grace seems right after all. Mary's gotten this all started. Mary's Martha's sister in Martha's home. She should be helping with the chores, helping with the hospitality, serving these guests. She should be a better host. She should follow the rules of hospitality and service. But she is choosing something, choosing a path different than the one that's expected of the custom. She lets go of the responsibility. But then Jesus goes and breaks the rules. I mean, what guest in a home with such amazing hospitality as Martha offers would ungraciously scold the host? Well, I guess Jesus. Jesus chides Martha. Martha, Martha, 
You're worried. You're distracted by so many things. One thing is needed, Martha. And Mary has chosen the better part. Jesus points out that Martha has broken the rules as well. Martha, in all of her concern for responsibility and, and the role, has missed the point of this gathering. What is the purpose of gathering at Martha's house? It seems that Martha has grown distracted from the purpose of her very own gathering. Martha is dis- disconnected from what has become most important to her as the Lord has entered Jesus. her home. In the space of Martha's house, her very home where she's offering hospitality, is gathering disciples for a journey of faith. And Martha has ignored the mission of the disciples in order to keep with tradition, with custom, with old habits, and missing out on the opportunity. Mary, likewise has ignored the tradition and her responsibility to it. Now, Jesus is not in the business of the status quo. Jesus does not worry about the way things have always been. Instead, Jesus spends energy removing the barriers that separate people from God Jesus breaks the rules and constraints, the customs and traditions that keep people from being the who God has made them to be. Jesus disrupts expectations so that we might be the people that we need to be for one another as well. Jesus removes distraction from Martha so that she can now turn her attention to the purpose, to becoming a disciple of Jesus that she longs for. Now, Jesus removes the demands of tradition from Mary so that she can sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. Jesus makes room for these two women and 12 men and many, many others to become disciples, to gather together, to journey with one another toward Jerusalem. Jesus makes room that they might experience life in a new way. There's one preacher who put it like this, now is the time to set aside duty and sit with Jesus. A few years ago in Louisville, Kentucky, a restaurant hosted a traditional Syrian dinner. This was one of my favorite restaurants in the city. It was one of the hottest tickets in town, and it was during a time when I lived in Louisville, and I was going. The waiting list was twice as long as the available tickets, and my wife and I were outside the restaurant taking selfies. But what made this meal so amazing was that the chef of the restaurant was not doing the the kitchen over to 15 Syrian refugee women. Multi-course meal that you would experience if you were to enter the home of a Syrian family. It was an evening that celebrated culture and food and the strength of these amazing refugee women. These women had lost family to violence. 
these women had escaped with scars and trauma and some with physical disability. These women had walked great distances at risk to self and their family, carrying only what they could on their backs to seek safety. And they lived through the disorder of refugee camps and going through a long process through the United Nations, had been resettled to the United States where there was no family, where there were no friends, where they did not have jobs or community, where people seldom spoke their language. There were some some who said that these women didn't belong in a restaurant kitchen. And in their home country, this would have been true. Typical expectations of a Syrian woman is to stay in the home, most never having jobs, most never having touched currency in their own hands. But there were others in the country that said that they didn't even belong in America. And many of these refugee women would have agreed. They said that they belonged in Syria. While they traditionally would never have worked, traditions were broken for most of these women by necessity. They had to step out of their traditional roles in the home to work so that their families could thrive, so their families could have the basic needs that that most American families might have, and they would leave custom behind so that they could serve a vital purpose of helping their families thrive in an unfamiliar and strange place. They would leave this role and these former lives to do something new. So why did an agency that was supporting these women and so many community supporters, why did these people gather? I'm sure everyone had their own reasons to empower refugee women. The resettlement agency is trying to develop skills and employability and, and opportunity for women who may not otherwise have it. And they were also trying to raise awareness of a very large problem. thinking back on that evening, I I can't help but think that that there was an even deeper purpose to that meal. Now, toward the end of the meal, the the women came out of the kitchen. They began to walk among the diners and and interact with people. And there there was one woman there that I knew, one of the 15 chefs. She was a a mother and a wife and a family that I helped to resettle in Louisville that my church there had helped. a woman who would send me emergency text messages at all hours of day and night in Arabic. I, God bless the tools of the internet to translate and soon we would figure out that a child was sick or the kids had missed the bus to school, that they had run out of money and couldn't get groceries and they didn't know what to do in these situations. So they would call on us. And we would, the right volunteer would try and help them through whatever situation they faced until they began to learn to solve these problems on their own and become self-sufficient. This woman, she was one of those chefs that evening. And she saw me across the dining room and I saw her and she walked over to where my wife and I were sitting. and, And even though we couldn't share words, we don't have a common language We couldn't express to one another how amazing this evening, this meal was for her, for us. She simply put her hands over her heart and said, Shukran Gidan, 
Thank you very much. It was such an extraordinary gesture because nothing. but enjoy a spectacular meal. As I think about it, maybe it was much more than that. All those diners enjoying this incredible food were witnesses and supporters of people taking on new roles, breaking expectations, turning from one set of customs to customs that they needed desperately in their family. Maybe there was much more going on when we could gather together for one another. It seems another. that God is constantly making room for a more profound grace in the world and in our lives. And when we experience such grace, we find ourselves making more room for God, more room for the possibility of such grace. And such room then opens us to stronger and deeper bonds with God, with ourselves, with one another. And this has an impact on our lives, sometimes small, sometimes large, one might say it's always why a colleague of mine, a pastor named Carl Travis, says regularly, Jesus loves you exactly the way you want. Jesus loves you too much to let you stay that way. When we gather together, when we gather together the way Priya Parker gathers people or, or the way Jesus gathers Mary and Martha and disciples or the way these Syrian woman, women gathered people for an incredible meal or when we gather for worship at tables with meat for meals together or, or gathering to serve in our city we might recognize, we might realize that God is continually inviting us into an ever-evolving experience of faith through the relationships, through the community that God is connecting God is us to. removing distractions. God is removing barriers. God is removing outdated patterns of thoughts so that we might have an abundance of room for what God is doing in our lives as well as those companions with whom we make the journey with. So as we turn the corner from summer to fall, as we end the season that we've been spending time thinking about how we make room for God and in our various parts of our lives, the church that makes room to walk with one another. May we be the church that makes room for new roles and opportunities. May we be the church that makes room for open hearts, our own, and the May open we be hearts such of such a others. church today, tomorrow, and all the days of our lives. Thanks be to God. Amen.